You are Locked On Pelicans, your daily podcast on the New Orleans Pelicans, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to another edition of Locked On Pelicans, the daily podcast covering your favorite team, the New Orleans Pelicans and NBA as a whole, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day, available on iTunes, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts from. I'm your host, Pelicans Insider, credential member of the media and editor over at LockedOnPelicans.com, Jake Madison, at Nola Jake on Twitter. Here with you all on this Thursday, date after the Pelicans do drop a game, but in a tough fought one to the Denver Nuggets. We'll recap that game. Some interesting things said by Alvin Gentry before and after the game. We'll give you the latest updates on the Anthony Davis trade rumors. There are tons of things kind of flying out there, and I'll help you make sense of those a little bit more. And then I want to focus on some stuff with the organization, with ownership, their role their hands-on, hands-off approach, however you want to look at it, and kind of maybe dispel some notions that I think are a little bit incorrect and give you my opinion on that. So we got a lot to cover in today's edition of Locked on Pelicans. So the Pelicans lost to the Denver Nuggets 105-99, a game where the Pelicans were down by as many as 11, but started to furiously come back in the fourth quarter. They got this to a one-point game. It was 99-100 before just being unable to get any offense going late down the stretch, and then Nikola Jokic basically toasting Jaleel Okafor twice for the game-sealing buckets there. But there was good fight from this Pelicans team that's in their first home game without Anthony, after the Anthony Davis trade request. The the arena was empty, basically, for the most part. Like, that's one of the worst-attended games we've seen in a while, and understandably so. And there was a little weirdness around it in general. The Pelicans actually took out Anthony Davis from the pregame hype video that they show. They normally have his big head there, and he's surrounded by other players. The head is gone. There was not one mention or or scene with Anthony Davis in there. So we're kind of hitting this territory as this happens. So a little bit weird. had a weird vibe. But these guys are kind of playing loose. They seem like they're wanting to make the most of these minutes because it's a lot of backups. And then it's Drew Holiday who's just going to always play hard. And that can surprisingly win you some games or keep you close when you have guys that are going to go out there and bust their ass and the Pelicans did last night and even though it ended up with a loss you have to feel good about how they played I certainly do so you had the same starting five Frank Jackson there in the backcourt alongside Drew Holiday Frank had nine points he moves a little too fast at times I think is the best way to kind of describe how he plays the athleticism is there the speed is there he looks like an NBA player He's just doing things that rookies do, playing a little bit too quick, not timing things well. All that just comes, you know, as he progresses. So I don't think you're seeing anything out of the ordinary for him. So nine points for Frank Jackson in almost 22 minutes of action. Drew Holiday playing 36 minutes, 22 points, six assists, six rebounds. He was three of five from deep, including a three that got them that 99th point. That was pretty big at the time. He had kind of a bit of a quiet game, and then he started coming up big late in the fourth quarter to really keep this one interesting. So nice to see from him. There were times when he was playing some tremendous defense as well on the guards in the backcourt, Gary Harris, Monte Morris in particular um, for the uh, Denver Nuggets. 
You also had Darius Miller, who looks like a, a real live NBA player. Now, all of a sudden, after this trade request from Anthony Davis, 15 points, did it by making four threes in this game, getting to the line three times. He had five freaking assists. He split a double team at one point with a pass just right between the two guys. And it's like, where the hell has this been? And six rebounds. The shot was not there as much. He was four of 13 overall, four of 10 from deep. But he's doing some things that are just more than he's given the team in the past you know a year or two so impressive to see Solomon Hill also started in the front court he was one of five for two points he's the one guy who didn't get the memo that you try hard after your team's best player talks to you guys and says oh I don't think you guys are good enough to help me win so I want to go elsewhere then you had Jaleel Okafor in the starting lineup again in the absence of Anthony Davis Still impressive, 14 points, 8 rebounds. Defensively, he was pretty rough in the second half. That limited his minutes a little bit there. He had 12 points in the first half, only got another 2 the rest of the way. So not the best um, outing for him, but it's another double-double if you think that stat's important. He's got now 6 of those in a row in his 6 starts and shows nice touch. You see it. He's got the kind of runner floater going a little bit um, as he moves to the right. He's showing off some good things. You know, he had a tough matchup with uh, Nikola Jokic in this one. Jokic again roasted him twice late in the game to kind of seal the win. Jokic, by the way, another triple-double for him. He's like a walking machine of that. 20 points, 10 assists, 13 rebounds on just two turnovers. He was 9 of 16 from the field. Um, and But, you know, look, 14 points, 8 boards going against Jokic. That's not horrible because Jokic has stepped up his defensive game. The real story of this one, though, was probably Kenrick Williams. One night after having 16 rebounds, that was more than his season total going into the game, he all of a sudden learned he could play some offense. And this was pretty cool. 21 points on the night. He had eight boards as well, just two turnovers, three assists. He was five of nine from deep. There's a guy who had it going on. He took a heat check at one point, which was kind of cool to see too. Nice to see some development coming from these reclamation projects in the Pelicans in terms of Jaleel Okafor and some development from the young guys in terms of Kenrick Williams and Frank Jackson. And at this point in the season, can't really ask for much else than that. So pretty nice to see, and hopefully this can continue. And these guys have a moment to shine and kind of just do what they want, get some minutes with just no pressure put on them right now. And that's clearly doing wonders for this team. So before the game, Alvin Gentry had some interesting things to say regarding Anthony Davis and if he'll play anymore with this New Orleans Pelicans team. We'll talk about that in a second. But don't forget, the trade deadline is coming up really quickly and you want to know everything that's going on because rumors are absolutely flying right now and the best way to do that is of course with the locked on nba podcast monday through friday giving you your daily fix of the nba recapping the action from the night before keeping you up to date on the biggest stories going on around the association so make sure you listen and subscribe to the locked on nba podcast so before I get to the comments that Alvin Gentry made about Anthony Davis and whether or not he's going to play and give you guys just more up-to-dateness, I guess, on the Anthony Davis rumors here, if you were at the game last night and it sounded a little bit weird, there's a reason for that, and it's actually some sad news, and that's longtime Pelicans and New Orleans Hornets, New Orleans basketball franchise, PA announcer Chuck Edwards. Seems like he passed away yesterday, didn't make it to the game obviously to call it so they had to bring someone else in and as someone who goes to a lot of games and has been doing this for years it was 
pretty noticeable that you had a different voice there. And just, you know, thinking about him and his family can tell you Chuck Edwards was an awesome guy to talk to, always friendly to give advice, especially when I was there starting out covering the team. Just super friendly guy, always fun to talk to on Twitter as well, and a big supporter of basically everyone that covered the team. If you knew, you might know his voice as well from doing some Saints games, talk, uh, doing intros and other announcements as well. I think he'd been with the team since they arrived here in New Orleans, and he missed so few games. That's how committed he was to all of this. So sad to hear that he's no longer going to be with us. So before the game even started, we had an interesting update with Anthony Davis. And Alvin Gentry was asked if once healthy, AD would play again for this team. And I'm going to read you the quote, but it's better to watch the video of it because he paused, he hesitated, he wasn't quite sure of how to answer this question. And the quote doesn't convey that alongside with it. So if you get a chance, look up the video. And here's what he said, quote, That's a hard thing to answer. I don't know how to answer that. I assume he will. And that's obviously something that we will have to be discussed with what's best for him and what's best for our team. But I expect if a guy's able to play and he's on the roster, we're going to play him. That's the way it is right now. They're in a weird spot. They absolutely should not play Anthony Davis. Imagine if he goes out and gets a DeMarcus Cousins-like injury. Now you still have to trade him, and the return on it's going to be dramatically lower. It's also weird when he was in the huddle with the coaches on TNT, helping draw up a play against the Houston Rockets, trying to help get the team a win, even though he doesn't want to be here. And then you saw that he didn't do that against the Denver Nuggets, where he left at the start of the fourth quarter of the bench, went to the locker room. Maybe he's using the bathroom, maybe he's using cramps, or maybe he just didn't want to be there and be have the focus be on him as the game was ending, but he never returned. So this is a weird spot. I just don't get how you can play him, but maybe you do, and maybe you keep him, and it's just a weird, awkward situation. But that's kind of where things stand. It sounds like Gentry does and doesn't want him to be playing for the team, And look, I understand why he would want to. Potentially his job's on the line here, so he wants to win games. And maybe having AD play is the best way to do it. But at the same point, this is not about Anthony Davis or this season anymore. They're still five and a half games out of a playoff spot. And you don't need to kind of try and play to win games at this point. It's develop your young guys. Frank Jackson, Kenrick Williams, Jaleel Okafor, those guys. And they're not doing that if you're playing Anthony Davis, who's taking significantly more minutes from others. So this isn't in their best interest to really trade or trade to play Anthony Davis at this point and just shut him down so that you protect him from injury. He is a bit, a bit, I always say, injury prone, and you never know what's going to happen. After the game, Alvin Gentry had a whole lot more to say, and we're going to touch on what he said in the third segment because it transitions nicely. So stay tuned for that as we kind of look at this front office with everything and what it means and what owner role ownerships kind of played in all of this. And I'm going to assign some damn blame to this whole Anthony Davis fiasco and him wanting to leave in there. So if you want to hear me get a little bit angry, that's going to be the place to do it. But some other Anthony Davis trade rumors, updates, all of that, just trying to keep you all informed. The biggest one coming from Adrian 
Wojnarowski on ESPN yesterday, basically saying the Pelicans have no plans to acquiesce to the Lakers, I don't know, desires for Anthony Davis. Meaning they're not going to trade him there right now because that's where because they want him because AD wants to be there. And AD hasn't publicly come out and said it, but I mean we all know he wants to go to the Lakers here, and he's I think just trying to seem like a good guy at this point. But he wants to go there. But the Pelicans have no need to trade him there if they can get a better offer. And we know how aggressive Boston's planning on being. Other teams have called him made offers, but they're not really kind of in any rush to trade him because there's no point to until Boston could really officially do something. So that's what Woj said. And if you're looking for the biggest news that he's not going to the Lakers, which I know a ton of fans don't want him there, like anywhere other than there, that's got to at least make you feel a little bit better regarding everything. And then from that, another rumor is that Dell Demps isn't even picking up the phone at this point to really take offers for Anthony Davis. And that is also kind of true because, look, if this team is going to clean house and look, they're going to clean house at the end of the offseason, the entirety of the front office, you would assume that they are not going to let this guy trade Anthony Davis. They're not even going to really let him do anything. He's essentially just been. Uh, put in a lame duck situation at this point. Maybe he could ship some guys out in Miritich, Randall, Moore, whoever, but they're not going to let him make this big trade. You want your new GM to be able to do that. So there's no need for him to pick up the phone because he's not really getting approval on any of this. You have to figure that this is going to kind of be him maybe going to Loomis and uh, Gail Benson with the offer the other teams made, and they've all got to kind of come to an agreement, or Gail's just got to say yes. Or she might just say, no, I want to wait till Boston makes an offer because she's you know, cognizant of what's going on. And she also spoke to the team before the game, it sounds like, to give them some encouragement and tell them how proud of them she is, which is definitely a good thing to hear. So doesn't seem like this is really going to get resolved by the trade deadline unless maybe someone desperate enough comes in and just completely blows the Pelicans away with an offer. Then maybe. But likely if he's going to the Lakers, it's going to be later down the line or as a free agent. Supposedly, and you can kind of see where maybe these rumors are coming from, the Pelicans really like Lonzo Ball if they were to trade him to the Lakers. And you have to figure Lonzo Ball's included in this. This might just be to drum up interest in other teams. If you want to make the Celtics offer you some more things or any other team offer you some more assets, tell them you really like the main asset of a team that desperately wants Anthony Davis because now they've got to beat that out and maybe it just gets them to include something else in there. So that's kind of the update on the Anthony Davis situation with things. Maybe or maybe not playing, even though he shouldn't, and doesn't seem like this is going to be resolved anytime soon. So Roger Goodell finally spoke ahead of the Super Bowl, speaking to the combined media and trying to dodge questions from New Orleans reporters and New Orleans media. But he did talk about the no call, the blown call, whatever you want to call it. And you're probably not going to like his responses, but you know who's breaking it all down for you? That's the Locked On Saints podcast. You're going to like what they have to say about it because you agree. And I think that's going to be an important thing. So make sure you listen and subscribe to the Locked On Saints podcast. So after the Pelicans lost to the Denver Nuggets, Alvin Gentry went off 
talking about how he doesn't feel it's right that the Saints are, or the Saints, the Pelicans are considered a second-class organization. And he said, whoever wrote that, it's bullshit. Bullshit being the quote there. He was very passionate in defending the owner, Gail Benson, that they give him all the tools they need to be successful, that they have all the resources, and that they're not kind of run secondary, secondarily to the Saints. So let's shed some light on this from what I know of the situation and kind of maybe, I don't know, pull back the curtain a little bit here. So are the Pelicans kind of a second-class organization to the Saints? They somewhat are. I don't think it's as overblown as a lot of places are making it out to be. They're separate organizations that do their own thing. They have different needs. They need different attention. Football's a little bit different than basketball. It's kind of as simple as that. But this is not that, you know, the the Saints guys are running the Pelicans. They're not. There's one guy that's running this Pelicans team, and that's general manager Dell Demps. It's not like Loomis is overriding him and doing anything and making Dell Demps follow his directive because he's the one in top. Loomis doesn't handle shit, and he said it. He's hands off because he doesn't know basketball. For, the, for all intents and purposes, the way I'm describing it to people right now is for the past however many years that Dell Demps has been here, nine, it, that he is the president of basketball operations and the GM of the team. Basically, it's like when you go into your review with your boss at the end of the year and it's like, okay, so how did you do? And, that, and then your boss kind of gives you, it grades you or gives you feedback or whatever. Imagine if your boss didn't know shit about the job that you were doing and was like, cool, that sounds great, goodbye. That's what's happened here. There's no accountability on Dell Demps because the guy who would have the accountability has no idea how to like accurately grade or, or judge his employee. And that's what you're seeing. So Dell Demps has a vision for this team that he's gone out and executed and he's t- selling that vision to Mickey Loomis and Loomis goes, yeah, that sounds good to me because he doesn't fucking know any better. So this is how you end up in this situation. You can say that the, the ownership wanted them to win now. No, look, we, we know what Dell Demps did before the Bensons bought the team. And it was, I'll, I'll put it, let's, let me slow down again. You can see I'm getting annoyed with this because look, if, if you're putting the majority of blame on anyone, it's Dell Demps. It's as simple as that. This is the guy that made the trades, executed them. And it wasn't due to meddling ownership. They let him do his thing. And he couldn't do it. If anything, that makes him look worse. It'd make him look better if the ownership was meddling here or was like, you need to trade all your first round picks. They didn't do any of that. This is the path that Dell Demps chose. It was an interesting discussion on Twitter. And I, I know it was Matt Moore of the Action News Network. I think he was talking about, I don't know, maybe Rick Buecher or something like, someone else, about how it hasn't been seven years to put a winner around Anthony Davis because, you know, usually these guys don't do much for their first three years. So when you really look at it, it's been two and a half years that the Pelicans have had a chance to put a real solid contender around Anthony Davis. And that makes sense for most prospects i've said it takes three years for rookies to really start contributing to an nba team's win total but dell demps didn't think that was the case without with anthony davis and he said this multiple times he thought davis was going to contribute to the team's win total in after a year and a half so he accelerated the timeline rather than giving it maybe two or three you know three more years after ad and building through the draft or doing things he said, forego the draft picks. We are on an accelerated uh, timeline. We need to do other things. And he did. 
And maybe he was wrong about that then. And that's what's caused this. So that third or fourth year where AD's really ready to start contributing, they were in a shitty salary cap situation. They didn't have additional first round picks to then make the move that they should have and pair that one player around all of the young talent they had because the only young talent there was Anthony Davis at that point, basically. That's how they got into this mess. Not that ownership said, hey, you better win now. Was there a little bit of pressure on that? Sure. You know, they kind of famously said to Monty Williams, make the playoffs or you're fired. And then he did. But they were in position where they should have at least been making the playoffs at that point. Maybe not competing for titles, but they should have been getting in. And that doesn't really kind of change anything here. Dell Demps did what he did and it put them in this bad situation. If you're looking for someone to blame, it's like 80, 85%. I don't want to actually put a percentage on it because I don't really know how you can quantify something like that. Does ownership have blame? Oh, hell yeah, they do. But the majority of this, and if we're going to spend our time and effort really trying to pick one thing, it was absolutely Dell Demps and how this went on. You know, it seems here like maybe Anthony Davis doesn't trust that Dell Demps could fix this team. And, you know, he wanted to be here and just couldn't. And so now he's requested a trade because Dell Demps hasn't really shown the ability to build a winner around him. He misjudged maybe the timeline there. Maybe he should have been a little bit more patient, but this was all his doing. And it's not like Loomis knew enough about basketball to be like, do this. This is kind of his choice, his path. He went out, he executed it. He And I will fully admit this, got better as time went on. The DeMarcus Cousins trade was great. The Nikola Mirotic trade was good, even though he had to give up. It kind of got out from one of his own bad deals in Omer Ashik. Imagine if you had that first-round pick to trade and not Ashik, what you might have been able to get in return if you weren't sending out a positive asset with a negative asset. As good as Mirotic has been, maybe they would have gotten someone tremendously better than that. That would have been cool. Maybe everything would be a little bit different right now. So that's kind of the way I look at this. I don't think this is ownership that even has the majority, like a ton of blame here. They get some. But if you're picking someone, it's without a doubt general manager Dell Demps. At the end of the day, he made the moves. His was the young vets plan that he wanted to put in place. And it's failed. And Anthony Davis wants a trade now. So I think if you're looking for someone to blame, point your fingers there ownership, eh, whatever, but hopefully they tear it all down, put in a new structure and put some more accountability on the future GM and have someone there who can accurately grade him, judge him, hold him accountable for whatever it is that this team plans on doing in the future. All right, that's going to do it for this edition of Locked on Pelicans. As always, I'm your host, Jake Madison, at Nola Jake on Twitter. Let me know who you think is most to blame for this situation here. I'm kind of curious about that. So thank you all for listening. As always, I'll be back with you all tomorrow. 